The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. At 2.34 on the 6.30 Jet Afternoon News, uh, we were talking about those guys trapped in an elevator before uh, the bottom of the last half hour and uh, received this text. Uh, so sometimes when you call 911, you get put on hold uh, with elevator music playing. So hopefully that didn't happen to these two guys. We're already in an elevator with water up to their neck. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, it, that is actually a small pet peeve of mine, what companies play for hold music or information. Um, here's what gets me the most is... When you phone a helpline, like specifically, you you know, your computer, your internet's not working, so you phone your provider and they, you know, you push one for this, two for that, three for that, and finally you get yourself to the tech who's going to help you, but he's busy, she, he, she's busy, so they put you on hold. And do you know what they often, almost always, and it, they always play, and this is true not only of internet providers, but others as well, that when you finally get to the complaint line, they on hold play an advertisement in order to get you to buy more product. And oftentimes, internet specifically, they'll talk about how reliable their internet is. Yeah. Right? Like we have the fastest, <laughs> most yeah. reliable. And it's just funny that, so you're taking people who are angry that your internet is not working and playing an ad for them, telling them how good your internet is. Like on that one line, they yeah. should probably instead have an apology. Like we're really sorry that you're having problems with your internet. You know whose is really bad? Alberta government, when you're calling for a media conference, oh yeah, if they have a media conference outside of Edmonton and we can't make it or Global can't make it, if it's in Medicine Hat or whatever city, you have to wait on hold for the call to connect when the conference finally starts. And it's typically some sort of royal or opera music. Oh, really? And it is just <laughs> painful. Just painful to listen to. All you want is for them, like calling anyone else is to connect you right away whether it's mm -hmm. a technician or someone else to help you i would rather listen to dead silence or some sort of media chatter in the background at the conference than whatever the heck the alberta government <laughs> you know, plays but it, it is what it is that's a funny one too speaking of sort of pet peeves but that's a funny one too so you're on hold i guess that's a bad example because media wouldn't do this but you're on hold for the alberta government or the city of edmonton or whatever and they're playing music you don't like and then you send an email to the premier or the the mayor you know, what's with this? I hate your music. And why don't you, like the mayor picked it or the premier picked the music, <laughs> yeah, know, right? right? There's somebody somewhere that was told, somewhere way down the chain of command, uh, oh, yeah, and put some music on, right? And then it's like those plaques. Like, I know people are blaming, they're mad. They're, and, and I understand their frustration. These, memor these memorable, uh, what do you call them, memorial plaques, I guess, on park benches, right? And we're going to talk to the councillor about it at three, among other things. But man, people are mad at the mayor. And counseled. It's just like, well, you don't think they took crowbars and went and did this, right? Like, they, they were out until August 13th. What do you guys want to do? Let's get crowbars and take plaques off. And they probably didn't direct anybody to do it. And, you know, the city councilors will often point out that they have a single employee. They have one employee that works for them, and that's the city manager. Then everybody else, the bureaucracy, falls under the manager. So somewhere along the line, somebody made a stupid decision to take plaques off benches, which was a stupid decision and insensitive. But it's just funny how people turn around. That does it. I'm yeah. not supporting Mayor Iveson. No, exactly. I'm, I'm <laughs> casting my vote elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. My councillor has no more support. I want a mayor that will not take plaques off benches. Oh, I know. It's amazing uh, who people will resort to when things like that <laughs> I know. happen. Like, it's, like you said, like it's Don Iveson. 
who has instructed city staff to go out <laughs> and remove every single memorial plaque because we just can't have that That's anymore right. in our city. And then put a bike light in front of it. Uh, <laughs> with tax on it. Did you see that earlier yeah, I this did. week? Uh, you know, that was one of those stories where I thought this might be a BS story. And had it not been for the fact that several people stepped up and said that it happened um, and, and that, you know, Global went down and actually looked which, good on them, and found tax, but apparently somebody had spread tax over a bike lane. It was downtown, right? Yes. Yeah, we didn't get to the story yesterday, but there was a lot of them, and it looked like it wasn't a matter of somebody, you know, fell, a package fell out of somebody's pocket or something like that. Uh, to witnesses, uh, the witnesses described it as, uh, like, sowing seeds, like they were spread out throughout. It was like police throwing down a spike belt yeah, for yeah. somebody running away from them. And several people got flat tires as yeah. a result, right? Imagine but, if they fall off the bike. I know. See, but again, how how is it the fault of cyclists? So the city, the city decides to put a bike lane in, whether you agree with it, or don't agree with it, with the hopes that cyclists will use it. So cyclists start using it. You're not in favor of bike lanes, so therefore, I guess I'm assuming here because we don't know who did it, so we don't know his uh, motivation. So I'm just going to put what tax down to punish the people who are using the facility paid for with my tax dollar. Like the the logic doesn't follow a natural loop. It doesn't make sense. I, I want to ask. Councillor Zadik about that, just because I brought up to, I feel, a past councillor, just in regards to, there needs to be a conversation with motorists, because there's always conversations with cyclists to mind the rules of the road and be careful of people in vehicles, but there needs to be a conversation with motorists. I feel like it's the other way around, honestly. I think, obviously, you're right. I mean, there has to be a conversation with both. I feel like the safety, the priority is placed upon, the the priority is the cyclist and not the motorist, and yet, you know, most of us are in cars and not bikes. The guy, I feel like, yeah, there's a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of bad drivers out there, and they should, you know, be more aware of pedestrians and cyclists, but sometimes it feels like the cyclists have some kind of priority when it comes to planning over the motorists. I saw a cyclist texting as he was cycling the other day. Oh. I looked to my left and my right, and I was just hoping there was an officer in his cruiser nearby. Distracted pedaling, really. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, can you get a distracted driving ticket on your bicycle? You know, I don't know the answer to that. I feel like you can, and I don't well, know if you're on sure. the road, you should be able to. You should be. I saw yeah, another I don't know the guy, answer to that. I saw another guy in front of my apartment building two days ago on a skateboard skateboarding in the middle of the street directly in the middle of the street headphones on okay that's acceptable as long as it's not mm-hmm. at an extreme volume face down buried in his phone really you're you're in the middle of the road i understand the road the pavement is smoother than riding it on the sidewalk I get it. That doesn't entitle you to go into the middle of the road. No. With headphones on at a volume I obviously don't well, know. Well, cyclists in general, and it always upsets cyclists, and they often listen to the show for some reason, or there's a, the most vocal of them do, because when we talk about cyclists, and, and I tend to be the one sort of kind of crapping on them, so I get the text, which is fine. Um, I just find cyclists do a lot of things. It's They're a motor vehicle when it's convenient for them, and they're pedestrian when, it's, when that's convenient for them. I mean, how many times have you seen somebody like cycling down the sidewalk and then cycling across a pedestrian path like they have a right of way. That, if they're going to be a vehicle, then they have to wait for other traffic like everybody else. If they're going to be a pedestrian, they have to dismount and walk their bike across. That's the rule. But they don't do it. And they come firing out like, you should all just be aware of the fact that they're coming piling out of this sidewalk that you didn't see. Or they're on the street. When Hunter was learning to drive, there was two cyclists in front of us 
driving side by side in the middle of the lane. And Hunter said, can I go in the other lane to pass them? And I said, you know what? I don't know. Like, I don't know the answer to that. And then we had on the show a police uh, officer on talking about highway safety and road safety. And I asked him off air, like, hey, what is the right answer to that? And he goes, well, the right answer is the, the cyclists are wrong. They have to be within a certain distance of the curb. But if given the fact that they aren't, yeah, you have to stay behind them. Yeah, that happened to me about a week or two ago. I was carpooling a, another co-worker here and I was driving on 116th and there was a cyclist in front of me. And it's a 50 zone. And they're cycling, you know, I think I got down to about 25. And it's rush hour downtown. (laughs) And they're going 25. And there's a row of cars behind me. Yeah. And they just keep turning their head behind their shoulder to see if I'm encroaching on them, which I'm not doing. I'm not trying to force them off Mm -hmm. the road. I'm not going to get aggressive. But move out of the way. Well, yeah. You have another 15 feet to the right of you to move towards the curb. Mm Mm-hmm. And this person didn't do it. I didn't lay on the horn. I didn't feel like doing that at 8 o'clock in the morning. But Oh, my wife would have reached over and hit the horn if I didn't. But I mean, get out of the way. Why are you driving? You're not a vehicle. You're not a motorcycle. You're not a car, an SUV, a truck, what have you. Just get out of the way. Speaking of uh, throwing shade, but I think that's what we're doing. Did you see this Kathleen Turner interview? I haven't seen it yet. Do you remember we were talking to... um, Daniel Roebuck yesterday, and a lot of people really enjoyed that conversation. Oh, he's a great guy. Yeah, as did we. And we asked him about working with different people, and there was, uh, who was it he said, uh, you know, he he, he didn't insult them, but he was kind of like, yeah, you know, the guy likes his own press or something like that. Oh, uh, Joe Pantoliano. From uh, Sopranos. From Sopranos. Yeah. He also, Daniel had starred with him in... um, Fugitive and U.S. Marshals, right, that's and he right. said he was more—he was more of a schmoozer than he was an actor. He <laughs> called him a schmactor. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So it was sort of like partial shade, like you know, it wasn't like full-out shade. But it is funny when people get to a point in their careers where they really don't care anymore. And Kathleen Turner is apparently at that point. She just did this interview, um, and here among the things that she was asked and said, listen to this: when asked about Elizabeth Taylor, icon, right? She said, bad voice, badly used. I don't think she was very skilled. <laughs> oh, Kathleen. Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> really. On being a uh, sexual figure in the 80s, uh, she said, uh, well, I learned later from Michael Douglas that there was a competition between, between him and Jack Nicholson and Warren Beatty to see who could get to me first. None of them did, by the way. I don't like being thought of as a trophy. Okay, fair. Good for her. Uh, On working with Nicolas Cage and Peggy Sue Got Married, which, by the way, I love that movie, uh, she described Nicolas Cage as difficult on set, but I made it work, honey. (laughs) I like her. On working with Burt Reynolds and Switching Channels, which I don't even remember that movie. Or was that a television show? I don't know. Must have been a movie. Uh, She said it was terrible. The first day Bert came in, he made me cry. He said something about not taking second place to any woman. His behavior was shocking and unacceptable. On meeting Donald Trump, she said, yuck. He has the grossest handshake. He goes to shake your hand with his index finger, kind of rubbing the inside of your wrist. Um, On the cast of Friends, where she... Kathleen played Chandler's gay drag queen dad on Friends. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. Um, on the cast of Friends, she said, I didn't feel welcome, welcomed by them. Uh, they were such a clique, but I don't think my experience with them was unique. I think it was simply that they were such a tight little group, nobody from the outside mattered to them. And then when she was asked about their acting skills, she said, quote, mm, I won't comment on that. Wow. I feel like Kathleen. she needs to write a book. 
I, I tell all. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> yeah. She pretty much said everything she could possibly say in a 10-minute <laughs> wow. interview, bashing everyone from Elizabeth Taylor to Nicolas Cage to Jack and Warren Beatty. And I know. Well, I you know there were some compliments in the article as well, but uh, less interesting, of course, than... Well, I'm sure there weren't too many. It seems like she has a lot more <laughs> negative things to say than she does positive. But uh, Trevor, I see that you want to talk to us. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll go to the phone lines. Uh, 2.49, well, let's say 2.50 on the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. Coming up after 3, we'll have uh, City Councillor from Ward 3, John Zadok, on the phone. Uh, we'll get you to start uh, calling in. We'll park the calls over the top of the hour and then take them as soon as John's in studio. Right now, though, uh, let's talk to uh, Trevor. Hi, Trevor. What's on your mind? Good afternoon, guys. Hey. Actually, I've got two things now. You were talking about the Trump handshake thing. Yeah. There's <laughs> actually a reason why he does that. Because if you shake somebody's hand and you ever have somebody with a really strong handshake and almost crushes your hand, mm-hmm. but if you put your index finger right where that tendon is at the bottom of your wrist, that stops them from doing that. Oh, it's Kathleen crazy. Turner thought it was, uh, uh, honestly, she, she said, I didn't read it on air, but she thought it was a sexual advance. Yeah, no, it's actually, it's, it's a tactic to stop somebody hmm. from squeezing your hand. Well, based on that. his history, though. Yeah, no, yeah don't, no, don't start I'm something. Fair enough. I'm not a Trump supporter, but, you know. <laughs> We don't have time for that uh, conversation. What's the other thing you wanted <laughs> so, to talk about? Um, about the, um, uh, the ticket for texting and uh, yeah. motorized vehicles and stuff. You can actually also get a ticket for uh, distracted walking. Is that a fact? That, that is a fact. Um, well, because I thought about it, you can get a DUI for biking while yeah, drunk. So yeah, the it rules must apply to motorized vehicle. They have to abide by all the rules of the road, just like anybody, any other vehicle that are on the uh, asphalt. I'll have to ask the counselor about that. I, I, has anyone ever gotten a distracted? I mean, what would you have to do to get a distracted walking ticket? Yes, I've actually seen. It. I'm your friendly neighborhood bus driver, right? So oh. I've actually I've seen it. It's, I've seen police pull people over on their bikes. Wow, that's interesting. So, is what happened? Did they just cycle out into the middle of the road, and did they cause some sort of disturbance on the road between two vehicles, or what happened there, Trevor? Um, I I can't say for sure because I came up after the fact. I okay. just seen the officer writing out a ticket. Hmm. Yeah, I'm glad to see it on the bike. I, well, I, like I've always said, you could put a police officer. I've said this to the mayor a dozen times. You could put a police officer on the on any corner in Edmonton, literally any corner. And I bet you he could write tickets all day long. Absolutely. For everything, like for bikes on uh, sidewalks when they shouldn't be, for right and left turns that aren't proper, for distracted everything, for not stopping fully at the stop. I mean, it's unbelievable. Uh, Anyways, Trevor, appreciate the call, and thanks for listening. No worries. I wish you well, guys. I wish you you well as well, Trevor. Rick wanted to talk to us too. Hey, Rick. Yeah, I just want to chime in on the bike lanes. And your comment that you just said that you could sit on any street corner and see infractions take place. We, in our business, we drive the city on an hourly basis, 14-hour days, much like a courier would. Mm-hmm. But um, What's your business? Uh, we're a tire company, a mobile okay. tire company. Okay. And so we're all over the city, and we see all of it as well. But people are so frustrated by the time they get to a stop sign. Your bike lane issue and the tax being thrown on the road, I am absolutely certain that 
either the media and our government, the city government, are not in touch with how sensitive and how upset the taxpayer is that they've been that they're fronting this uh, this bike lane issue that's not wanted, and <clears throat> there's no avenue for people to voice their concern about. Even bicyclists don't want it. They don't think it's a good idea. Well, it's you know what, Rick? I got to tell you, and I agree with you, but I got to tell you, if we were to say to a city councilor. Uh, to a city councilor, to the mayor, that there's no avenue to vent your frustration. They would tell you that there's tons of avenues to vent your frustration. Public meetings, nothing's ever done without, nothing big like well, this is ever done. But here, but the reason I agree with you though, Rick, is because as I've said time and time again, nobody ever knows about them. Like we always tell people about public engagement meetings or where you can go on a website and, you know, but people don't do it. Like people... Well, let me, let me just comment because there was something regarding a little different issue, but similarly, the LRT, there was a, mm. uh, a city meeting at a church in West End Edmonton regarding the, the east, or pardon me, the west leg of the LRT, but it was, it was held under control in the sense that you only had three minutes to say your thing. People were so upset because they couldn't get their message. Yep. So at the end of the day, the truth of the matter is there is no forum, there is no avenue for you to hear from the people that are so upset. And those tacks that were thrown out, I'm, I would be certain someone has thrown them out. And I've been told by many, many people, as well as us driving in the downtown area, it's restricting the traffic. It's another taxation. Bicyclists don't want it only because it's too restricting. They don't want to ride in those lanes. They want to ride all over the city and have fun. And they are doing that without building bike lanes. We're in a recession and your mayor is spending money like he is like crazy on bike lanes, it's absolutely ridiculous. Hmm. So I've said my piece. Good luck. I appreciate it. Thanks very much, Rick. That uh, was a good phone call. would have loved to have that with uh, Zadok on the phone, get him to answer that one as well. Yeah, just let me say one thing. Sure. Cyclists not wanting bike lanes. Downtown, cyclists need bike lanes. Well, yeah, I mean, a generalization is generally wrong, right? So, But I, I live downtown, I drive through there every day, and as a motorist, I'm thankful that they are restricted to those lanes because it restricts those cyclists from the example I provided earlier of mm -hmm. somebody driving down 116th Street right in the middle of the road preventing me from getting where I need to go in a timely yeah. manner. You know, for me, my perspective is, and always has been, and I think the city sort of compromised along these lines as well, bike lanes have a place in downtown. Absolutely. Nowhere else. If in the suburbs, nobody's, I don't think, driving from Riverbend to go to work downtown, right, on a bike. So, uh, but they do like to bike in their neighborhood. So widen the sidewalks, put paths in, uh, allow for people to enjoy the outdoors. Uh, but as far as bike lanes uh, downtown, that's the only place they belong in for safety. And this is something we can touch on from 3 to 4 mm. with Councillor John Zadok, who just walked into the building. He's sitting outside of our studios. Perfect. We will take his calls for the next 10 minutes during the right. news. So start phoning now at 496-0063. 496-0063. Angie will take your call. Put you on hold. We'll, uh, we'll, and then we'll have John in studio. He'll take, he'll take you first come, first serve. And again... Just be respectful, please. Yep. Or text us 630-630. Up uh, right now, the news headlines. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.